Here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. Thank you, Johnny. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You'll recall that about a month ago, I asked all of you to take a moment to give thanks for all of the blessings that you enjoy in your lives. Now, today, a different kind of message. This is the season of giving. I know you want to be generous with your family, your friends, your loved ones. But today, I'd like you to go one step further. I'd like you to open up your hands and open up your heart to those who are still suffering because of COVID-19. People who are suffering through no fault of their own. We're trying to build a gentler, kinder society. And if we all pitch in just a little bit, we're going to get there. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? (laughs) What is going on? Episode 125, submission numbers 021 and 837. Jeopardy, not in the 1960s to 1975, and not the syndicated Trebek version. Well, like we've said over the last couple of episodes, this episode was never meant to be timely. Oh no, it wasn't. It was put off for such a time when we felt that we were able to do it, which happens to be this week, Thursday, January 7th, as we record this. Tomorrow is Alex Trebek's final episode. Honestly, I was kind of shook up by it. Of course, I've been a long-time fan of Jeopardy. I was actually on the show in 2018, and it was a culmination of a lifelong work and a lifelong dream. I think I speak for my compatriots, Mike and Greg, when I say that this episode will serve as a tribute to his indomitable spirit, his love of knowledge, and his love of adventure. We will miss you very much. I'm going to need extra tissues tomorrow night. Oh, the waterworks are going to be going. I'm just saying that right I'm, now. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, brother. I am with you there. I'm still in a little bit of denial almost. I mean, I know it's been almost two months since he passed, but I, I just still don't believe it. I mean, I, I know it happened, but I, I, I'm just in denial. It's, it's hard. Well, I think once we have the first episode with, uh, with Ken Jennings, that may change my mind a bit, but it's just very weird knowing uh, as you see these episodes that he died. What was it like nine days after they were recorded? Yeah. About a week after it was they like, were recorded. It, it was like a week and a half. Yeah. So I think that's uh, again, part of the, the surreality is they're new episodes, but the person hosting the shows passed away two months ago. It, it, it It's, very weird and it's maybe surreal. very complex. Yeah. I won't lie to you. I've been going through the emotions ever since the news came around and that was like I was watching the I was watching the shows over the last month, but they were all it's it felt very surreal to me as I know that 
it was all building up to a sort of an expiry date. Like, yes, there is an endpoint, and as soon as the endpoint is reached, uh, Alex is not going to be at the podium. But the thing of it is, yes, Alex is gone, but the show continues. And I bet you they were thinking the same thing when Alex was chosen to be the host of Jeopardy, that he would never be as good as Art Fleming was. Yes, and that's actually the subject of our episode. Yes, that was be. This would be the uh, the non original slash non nineteen eighty four onward episodes of Jeopardy. Yes. So, so basically, we're just saying the uh, syndicated version, uh, the nighttime version, in nineteen seventy four and seventy five, and then Jeopardy in nineteen seventy eight and seventy nine. Yeah. Well, let's start off with the nighttime version in 74 and 75. There's not much to say about it because not much exists. But one of the interesting twists on it was uh, there was a bonus prize at the end of the show. Uh, you didn't have returning champions because it was syndicated. You didn't have them coming yeah. over the, uh, in the next episode the following week. And I believe it was a weekly syndicated show. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was definitely weekly syndicated. And... There was a bonus prize for uh, the top scorer that day, and that depended on how much money you won. Apparently, you could only bet uh, in $5 increments because from $5 to $995 won you a compact car, which uh, they mentioned is worth over $3,000. $1,000 to $1,495 won you... A 1975 luxury car. Now, your definition of luxury might be different than mine. Does that mean a Cadillac? Does that mean uh, a Lincoln? Is there a certain value of the car? Is it like between the compact car and the the next prize up, which would be around $7,000? Your guess is as good as mine. $1,500 to $1,995 won you $10,000. And $2,000 or more won you $25,000. So, I mean, you could conceivably win well over $27,000 on this version. But also at the same point, how hard would it be to get $2,000? Just thinking about it, the values are one twentieth what they are nowadays. Yeah, these were the same values as the daytime version in the yeah, yeah, so it was uh, 10 to $50 in... Regular Jeopardy and Double Jeopardy was $20 increments up to 100 So what that would mean is you'd have to win at least $40,000 on today's version to equal $2,000 back in, in 74 75 How often does $40,000 happen on the current version, not including people like, let's say, Ken Jennings or Brad Rutter or James Holtzauer? Oh, coincidentally, The Chasers. Starting tonight, ABC. Be there, nine o'clock. Just no, saying. Be there is another network, Mike. Yeah, be well, watching. Well, just 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 be watching. That that that's the the, the main point. But still, how many people win forty thousand dollars a year? Not many. I would say. Would you say under five is a fair estimate? Yeah, yeah. We, we don't know the exact totals of people who won two thousand on the original show. Obviously, 
but, but I'm, I'm just comparing it to the current version. I think the high number last season was like 44,000. Okay. Uh, maybe outside of, uh, I don't know if uh, uh, Jason Zephyrneri had uh, anything over 40,000, but I thought I remember like 44,000 was the high watermark uh, last season or so said Trebek. So it's not a common thing. Definitely not very common. But the other thing about the show is they really glitzed it up. And really, for lack of a better word, what I mean by glitzed it up is they added lights everywhere. There were lights on the Jeopardy sign behind the contestants. There were chasing lights on each of the uh, lecterns in front of the contestants. There were chase lights around the Final Jeopardy logo. Because if you remember, they had their own separate display for Final Jeopardy. And they put lights around that. Uh, it was very glitzy. And also they changed the, the dollar uh, amount font from that skinny font that was on the daytime shows up until the cancellation to a thicker, fancier font that really stood out. But it's the same old Jeopardy that we know and love. It's still one daily double in the first round, two daily doubles in the second round, final Jeopardy. If you lose... Or, or don't win the game, I should say. Everybody takes home their money, but if you're not the big winner, you get your set of encyclopedias. And I'm sure even uh, the first place winner got the encyclopedias uh, on top of the car. But again, we don't really know because there's very little footage of this version out there. Yeah, there's only one episode that's on YouTube, and it's in black and white. Yeah. And it was amazing when this was found a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I I think this was, I think this was originally broadcast in color, but for some reason, it was recorded in black and white on YouTube. So, well, that's the technology they had back then for videotape recording. Mm-hmm. It, it was black and white. It wasn't uh, necessarily all color yet. Yeah, it wasn't exactly preserved either. I don't think they. I don't think uh, Metro Media who is in the business of distributing this version of Jeopardy in syndication, was in the position to actually preserve episodes of this sort of thing. But that's not the main reason we're here. No. The, the meat and potatoes of the episode is, is coming up now, talking about actually kind of sort of two versions we're going to talk about the 1978-79 version that was on NBC, but we're also going to talk about the 1977 CBS pilot. Oh, yes. So we're going to start our story with the pilot A of Jeopardy done for CBS in 1977. It was recorded on March 6th of 1977. And I think we assumed universally, at least among the three of us, that this was made to replace Double Dare. The 1976 version of Double Dare. Uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, And I think the reason we believe this is because, A, it was for CBS. There's actually a CBS slate on it. But also, it's a very similar show. It's a very thinking man's type of show. And it would almost make sense that you get rid of one sort of thinking man's type of show, even though it was good and and we've covered it in the past and replace it with a legendary show, but 
Oh boy, what what was the, uh, on the pilot? Definitely did not make it to air, and that's very much so for the better, for the most part. Yeah, because I've seen it. You've showed me it. It's weird. Well, <laughs> the weird part, and this isn't even a joke. Each contestant has 30 seconds to start in the Jeopardy round and clear off as much of the board as they can in 30 seconds. So you get 30 seconds, unfettered access to the board. You get the money if you're correct. You lose the money if you're wrong. But also if you're wrong, that clue stays on the board. Yes, that's the twist. Hmm. Yeah, but also it, it's uh, sort of flawed because that's a severe advantage specifically for the last player, but more or less for both uh, the second and third players because they can go back and pick up what was missed by, uh, again, previous players. So p- player one does not have that advantage. They just have the crack at the board and they can't go back and pick another the same clue again within that 30 seconds. The dollar values are the same as the, the 78, 79 version. It's 25, 50, 75, 100, 125 in the first round, and then uh, double it to 50 down to 250 in multiples of $50 for round two. So it's, it's pretty much the same game in that form. But this 30-second speed round is so weird, so awkward. And again, it, it's inherently flawed because player one does not have the same advantages as player two and player three. And actually in the pilot, somebody did miss one of the clues and one of the other people picked it up. So, so there, there's, yeah, one issue already. And we're what, not even like five minutes into the show. Right. But after the, everybody gets their 30 seconds speed round, if you will, solo round at the board, we play regular jeopardy. Not for terribly long. I mean, we've probably cleared a good, uh, I'd say, 40% of the board at this point. So the Jeopardy round only lasts maybe about five minutes. Not terribly long. Uh, And just like uh, the single Jeopardy round in the 78-79 version, the top two scores advance to the double Jeopardy round. And third place is gone. And I should add, the set's the same as the 78-79 set. You had that giant asterisk behind Art Fleming. But one interesting thing that they did in the pilot that they didn't do on the real version, or at least I haven't seen it on any of the episodes on, on YouTube, they actually showed the rotating of the board from single Jeopardy to double Jeopardy. Ooh. It, it was basically a giant trilon. It was a three-sided figure, and it just rotated 120 degrees clockwise, and you went from Jeopardy to double Jeopardy. And I would assume that the Super Jeopardy round was done there. Oh, we'll get to the Super Jeopardy round in a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean, ha, 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 right now. And then at the end of the show, at the end of the game, there wasn't Final Jeopardy. Time's bell rings. Whoever has the most money goes on to Super Jeopardy. I almost feel like I should uh, have an echo effect there. Super Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Super, super. And the way the Super Jeopardy round played, it was sort of used later in... That guy. Card. 
yeah, if you think about it, that that is basically the that guy card bonus round where you have to get five in a row up and down diagonally or uh, side to side. The only uh, difference between what aired in 78 and 79 and this version, the pilot, is it's actually a 90-second timed round. In this version, if you don't get five in a row before time runs out, you get $100 per correct answer. That's the way it was on the NBC version, the the 78-79 version. If you got three strikes you got $100 per correct answer. But at least on this pilot, you got $5,000 if you got five in a row without any misses, without any blemishes. Now, this didn't sell to CBS. They did get rid of Double Dare about a month later, but it's very coincidental that a, another highbrow smart quiz show uh, a pilot was being filmed right about a month before uh, Double Dare got the can and ironically this was to replace potentially a show hosted by Alex Trebek hey that's another way of looking at it too that's a very good point so when Double Dare was cancelled it wasn't replaced by Jeopardy it wasn't even replaced by another game it was replaced with reruns of Here's Lucy like 10 year old reruns of Here's Lucy 10 year old reruns of Here's Lucy jeez I mean mean, they could have gone all in the family or any number of shows Maud was still on at that time even though maybe you don't want to necessarily air Maud as a daytime show in 1977 but yeah they, they replaced Double Dare with Here's Lucy Jeopardy got the shaft well it only got the shaft for a hair over a year because it ended up on NBC as we've been saying the all new Jeopardy on NBC in 1978 and 79 Ran from October 2nd, 1978 to March 2nd, 1979 for 108 episodes. This is Jeopardy! Now entering the studio are today's contestants. First, a program administrator from Irvine, California, Doug Wilson. And a textbook sales representative from Santa Monica, Susan Saltry. And our returning champion, a laboratory instructor from Los Angeles, California, who so far has won a total of $24,525, Charlie Sider. And now, entering the studio is the host of Jeopardy, Art Fleming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John Harlan. Thank you, my friends. Thank you so much. And, of course, thank you, our players. Thank you. And welcome to Jeopardy, America's favorite answering question game, where, of course, we give you the answers and you must come up with a question. And, and of course, people of a certain age, me, hi, remember that as, like, furniture description music on Wheel of Fortune back in the mid-'80s. Oh, yeah. When they I, do have, remember, I, I we, do remember it now that you mention it. When they I, thought, this, I thought the theme sounded familiar. I really we, 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 with With the subtle tone of Jack Clark talking about a beautiful diamond and turquoise ring valued at $8,000. When and you then, compare that with the loud, incredibly quick, almost staccato, uh, fine print reading voice of John Harland. Hey, he was great on American Gladiators. I didn't say he wasn't great on American Gladiators. I'm saying he was different from from Jack Clark. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, J- Jack Clark was very subtle, very... Yeah, I mean, it, it, he, he was not a bombastic, overpowering voice, but he was very soothing. He, 
His voice was silky smooth. And, and folks, we'll be talking about Jack Clark later this year when we talk about the 1985 Now You See It pilot. Oh, yeah. He was actually really good on that pilot, but we're, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. So now it's 1978, not 1977. And we're back to a more normal type of Jeopardy. We don't have a 30-second speed round. We just go in and play Jeopardy like it was meant to be played. Three people at the board together, you know, fighting for control of the buzzer and the categories. None of this, oh, I'm going to play the board for 30 seconds and I'm going to wipe out, you know, somebody could have easily wiped out all the big money categories in the, the pilot. That would screw over a player. Or, or two, possibly two players. Because if you got, like, what would that be, $750 yeah. in 30 seconds? There's no way you're not advancing. You could just be like, hold your hands up. Nope, I'm not touching the buzzer till double jeopardy. And the other two would be scrambling for survival. Basically. Yeah. Plus, also, we don't know what happened with the daily double. Because what if you enc- uh, encounter the daily double in that speed round? I'm sure it's not on there, but what if oh, the no. pre-chosen category or pre-chosen clue is the daily double? Do you have a backup just in case or even a backup to the backup? I mean, these are questions we'll never have answered, but it's an interesting hypothetical. But so, yeah, we're into regular Jeopardy as we know and love, kind of. in single Jeopardy. And once single Jeopardy is done, either by the clearing of the board or the ringing of the bell, top two people advance. And then those two people play double Jeopardy, same way as as we've ever known, two daily doubles. Dollar values now are 50, 100, 150, 200, 250. And then when the uh, the bell rings, whoever is leading is the day's champ and goes to play Super Jeopardy. And Super Jeopardy, the the only difference between the pilot and this now, there's no clock. It's three strikes and you're out. I like this. I would say it's it's potentially better than what was on the pilot, just because you've got to think about how you're going to play the board. I mean, do you want to run one category? I think the level of difficulty increases as you go down. So you could, you know, try to clear out all the ones at the top. And I don't even know who would try and do that diagonal because you'd have to be good at categories on either end. And if those aren't good categories for you, you know, would you necessarily want to take a four or five in those categories? But uh, I think the three strikes works out a lot better than the timer. But also we should mention the prize structure. Oh my gosh, this is where you break out the slide rule. Well, it's not too bad. The first time you play Super Jeopardy, you're playing for $5,000. Yep. Pretty straightforward. The second time you play Super Jeopardy is (sighs) $7,500. Yes. Uh The third time is Mm -hmm. $10,000. Then $12,500 and then $15,000. You're retired after five games. I mean, that's pretty much been the rule for Jeopardy from the beginning until uh, like 17 years ago. 2003. Yeah, I thought sorry. it was 2004. Okay. Early 2000s. 
Yeah, uh, 2003, because 2003-04 was the first year they had the got rid of the role, and that was obviously when Ken Jennings had the big run. Ah, uh, that's right, because he started in spring of, of 2004. That's right. So that's the, the game. I mean, you can win over $50,000, but you got to be perfect on Super Jeopardy five times. And the question writing was the same as it ever was. It was great. You know, good writing. It's just the weirdness, the awkwardness of, okay, we're going to take the top two of you after the first round. Third place person doesn't even get a chance to make a comeback. And gosh knows how many times have we seen a third place person come back because they were a little nervous or just weren't used to the timing of the buzzer or they hit a daily double. And gosh knows that that's the, the game changer right there. And the third place person doesn't even get that opportunity. I do Uh wonder now that that I think about it, was this maybe a money saving measure? Because at least remember on the original Jeopardy, everybody got to keep whatever they won. Yes. Yeah. So, so was this a case of, okay, you know what? Third place, you're out of here. Enjoy your $75 in your rice aroni. Yeah. I think it's probably, that's the case because with the increased dollar values, NBC probably didn't want to give a lot of money. And, you know, figuring what they had at the time, they had Wheel of Fortune, which could get a little pricey, especially if somebody gets very lucky uh, hitting the $1,500 or $2,000 space. And they had card sharks. And gosh knows we've seen our fair share of people win well over $20,000 at the money cards. Norma Brown, hello. Yeah, Norma Brown is is like number one. And then there was uh, a kid, I believe it was Christmas of 79, who hit like for 22,400 a kid, a kid, dad didn't say, uh, dad didn't say hold back. You know, you're, you're, this is your college fund. You know, let's like put a little to the side, you know, play it safe. No, this kid is like, "Mm, I'm like going for broke or almost for broke. Was it that for a savings bond? Uh, I know that was on the Eubanks version that the Eubanks version said, I think like uh, prizes up to twenty five hundred dollars were cash, and anything over was a savings bond. I don't know necessarily if that was the case on the Perry version. Oh. Maybe it was some sort of CBS rule. I, 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 again, I'm talking out of my posterior here, but it, it may have been a, a CBS rule that okay, we, we'll, we'll give up twenty five hundred dollars to kids, but anything over that. And uh, make it a savings bond, which will mature in seven years or what have you. But yeah, this version, it did not run long. Like I said, October 2nd to March 2nd. So that's five months on the nose, 108 episodes. And there's plenty of episodes on YouTube. At least one episode has aired on Game Show Network. Because actually, again, this is sort of timely because we just had New Year's. Their Y2 Play Marathon on New Year's Eve of 1999. Yeah, we'll take off a Y2K, tee hee hee. They showed the final Jeopardy from 1978. But in addition, there, I don't know exactly how many episodes there are on YouTube, but I believe the number is at least five. Because there's a Tournament of Champions episode up there, there's the premiere. There's one that was uh, recorded by one of the contestants. 
So the, the, there's got to be at least a good five or six other episodes up there besides that, the, the final episode. That, that's crazy. There was a tournament of champions on this version of Jeopardy for a version that only lasted five months. I haven't seen the episode in a while, and I don't know if it was from just the winners of the 78-79 version or if it was... Winners from the daytime version in the 60s and 70s. From, from, from later in the 60s and 70s. Maybe they didn't have a tournament of champions proper after, say, mid-74 because they were canceled early 75. So maybe they brought back the, the champions from the last six months of the 74 version. But also it's very possible in terms of a tournament of champions, nobody ever said that their tournament had to have 15 players like what we know and love. Maybe their version was maybe a two-day affair with, say, three people? I I really don't know. Well, one thing I want to note is one of the contestants on the 78-79 version of Jeopardy, and if you look at my Zoom background, if you're looking at my Zoom background here, the guy on, I believe, the the right side of the image, you people are listening audio, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Because... You're not looking at Zoom like they are, but okay. The one of the contestants on the 78-79 premiere of Jeopardy back in October 2nd, 1978, was a contestant by the name of Jim Niles. Now, Jim Niles would appear later in 1984 in January on Pressure Luck on CBS. Yes. He was on the January 26th, 84 episode and he did not win that episode. So he was only on for that one episode in January of 84. But I just thought I'd like want to mention that. So there you go. We should also add that Jeopardy, when it premiered, it aired at 10.30 a.m. Yeah. So, so it was right between two new shows at that point, or relatively new shows, Card Sharks and The New High Rollers. Again, oddly enough, hosted by Alex Trebek. Yeah. The new high rollers. And then in January of 1979, specifically January 8th of 1979, it moved to a new time slot. It moved from 1030, maybe because ratings weren't doing so well, which I can understand given where it moved. It moved back to noon. And remember Jeopardy for ages in the 60s and 70s was noontime fair. So it moved yeah. back to its noontime. However, that only lasted for a hair under uh, two months. Uh, and actually, it was replaced on uh, at the 1030 time slot by, and I'm pretty sure this is definitely a, a submission. And if it isn't, oh, I'm adding it because I, I love this show. All-Star Secrets. Right. I'm, I'm looking at what it right was now. It? All-Star Secrets. I've heard the name. I don't know what Ulster Secrets is about. I don't know what it's Bob. about either. All I know is that it was short-lived and yeah. And it had a kick-ass theme song. And it had a kick-ass theme song. That's all we know. That's all we know about it. No, we know a lot more than that. Uh, All-Star Secrets was a Bob Eubank show. Uh, there were five celebrities on for the entirety of the week. And more or less, think of it as sort of a Kind of like Tattletales, but not with somebody's spouse. Bob Eubanks would read a, uh, a statement, a quote-unquote secret about a celebrity, 
And the contestants had to identify which celebrity that statement was about. And then at the end of every show, there was like a bigger secret that was revealed to one of the celebrities. Like, for example, Artie Johnson was on and uh, the end of that episode was a tale about how he went to a bar in Montreal and he got a bowl of peanuts dumped on him because the person that dumped the peanuts on him thought he was Bobby Riggs. And this is about the time of the battle of the sexes. So he was, so somebody thought he was Bobby Riggs and was a sexist and all that got a, a bowl of peanuts, uh, Dropped on his head. Yeah, yeah, I can, and, I can, see I can that. totally see that. Considering Artie Johnson and Bobby Riggs have a resemblance to each other, especially with the hair. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so, what happened? Somebody uh, uh, dumped a bowl of peanuts on Artie Johnson's head, and it happened to be Bobby Riggs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You can't make this stuff up, folks. Yeah, it, it, it's the, there's some really good secrets on this uh, version where uh, there was one involving Ross Martin and his dream was to always conduct an orchestra. And this is out there because I know uh, Adam Needif, good friend of ours, hosted it. Uh, I believe it was uh, either on his game show Utopia Facebook page or maybe it was the Bill Cullen archive. Because, no, uh, Ross Martin wasn't on that week. It's out there somewhere. But yeah, All-Star Secrets uh, replaced Jeopardy at at 10.30 in the morning. And then two months later, Jeopardy's gone. Actually, there's a whole bunch of changes in the lineup at this point. Jeopardy's gone. Password Plus moves from 12.30 to noon. Hollywood Squares goes from 1 p.m. to 12.30. Days of Our Lives gets bumped up half an hour, too, from 1 to 2 p.m. The Doctors moves up half an hour. So everything moved up half an hour. Doctors moved to, uh, to 2 p.m. And then Another World gained that Jeopardy half an hour, expanding to 90 minutes. I really feel we need a slide rule just to explain that schedule change on March 5th of 79. Think, now, if you've been watching any of the Password Plus reruns on Buzzer, I believe doesn't Alan mention about tell your friends where we are? Because the show, I think you told me, Mike, that it was constantly switching time slots around seventy nine eighty. Uh, I'm looking right now. I, I could tell tell you the time slots. Uh, it's premiered in, on January eighth of seventy nine at twelve thirty p.m. So it was on right after Jeopardy. Then it moved to noon after Jeopardy got canceled, and then August of seventy nine, it moved back to twelve thirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's uh i'm gonna need a corkboard and some red yarn dude. yeah because i mentioned this to you mike last year because i because when i saw alan talk about it my theory was okay this was my theory at the time when i told this to you because remember what came onto the nbc daytime schedule the following year in 1980 the david letterman show and it replaced three game shows and replaced but- three game shows hollywood squares chain reaction and high rollers high rollers yeah so i was thinking was password plus one of the three shows and my thinking was alan and dave knew each other back then because because remember dave was on password plus yeah dave was on dave was also on the liars club which alan ludden hosted so i was thinking did dave give alan any advance notice that this was happening is 
he was getting a show or what? Well, Hollywood Squares was uh, in its dying days. It was not the same since Paul Lind left. And Chain Reaction, I don't know. I love Chain Reaction. Uh, Yeah, me too. It was not going to be a show that lasted long. No. No, no, definitely not. Even though, oh, hey, surprise, it's going to be rebooted by GSN in the next month or so. New episodes premiere in February. With with Dylan Lane back as host. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Yeah, oh, my gosh. To quote our good friend Kimberly Donabaum, oh, honey. Dylan Lane now looks like a bald doctor now. <laughs> hey, bald is sexy. Hey, hey, you, I did that college basketball coach's streak. That's now a streak of two straight episodes <laughs> with a James Bond reference. Yay. Because oh we're doing all, things all new in 2021. you damn right we are. Going back to Password Plus, and then it moved to 1130, so it uh, went from... 12.30 to noon. Now it's on at 11, uh, and then back to 12.30, and now it's going to 11.30. And that's in August of 1980. Uh, I believe that was when uh, Letterman's show got cut down to a, a full hour instead yeah. of an hour and a half. And then Password Plus, hey, let's go back to noon, October of 1981. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and uh, I think that's where it died, because... Yeah, uh, looking when it was replaced in March of 1982, uh, it was replaced by the Doctors. Not not uh, that one, the the soap opera. The 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 soap opera, the Doctors. So so it was on at 11:30. It was on at noon. It was on at 12:30. It had like five different time slots, albeit only three were unique. So it was just really hard to follow then. So that's why Alan Ludden said, "Ask your friends where we're at." Bet you dollars to donuts he didn't even know himself. Yeah, you didn't want to turn, uh, tune in to Password Plus and find out, oh, darn it, I- I'm watching another episode of All-Star Secrets. Even though Actually, if you, were gonna, if you were looking for an episode of Password Plus, you didn't want to catch yourself watching the David Letterman show. Although you could, although maybe you did. I don't know. Who knows what housewives were doing watching NBC in 1980. They're waiting for blockbusters to start. I don't know. Yeah, they're waiting for Las Vegas Gambit. They're <laughs> waiting for the Las Vegas Gambit. Las show. Vegas Gambit show. But yeah, on back to NBC. Yeah, yeah, back to Jeopardy seventy-eight. Yeah, it's like where it's like where did this go wrong? Where can we begin? It seems like this show is trying to reinvent the wheel. I mean, Jeopardy is a good enough game to stand on its own. It doesn't need any tricks. You don't need to knock out one player after the first round like it's supposed to, you know, beef up competition or something. No, it doesn't need that. You make double Jeopardy that much more boring if you knock out one of the players. But Chico, it was the 70s. It was looking for a gimmick. That's what a lot of game shows that got updated had back then. They they got updated for a modern audience in the 70s. Like, Match Game got updated for a modern audience. The Price is Right got updated for a modern audience. 
a password, as we mentioned, with Password Plus got updated for a modern audience. So they were probably thinking, let's do the same thing with Jeopardy. Yeah, but here's the thing. Jeopardy doesn't need any help. I, yeah, we, I mean, know, was... we, we know that now, but I mean, they didn't in 1978. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm going to agree with you guys on that. I, I think just the updated set is enough, but you know, it's NBC. And oh, wait, this was uh, 78, 79. This would have been about the time Fred Silverman came aboard. Oh, God. Just that is... saying. That Just explains say- it. Maybe it was Fred Silverman who put his hands in there and said, okay, we do want Jeopardy back, but we're going to do this Super Jeopardy round. And, you know, uh, who knows? And I we're mean, also it- going to move it to California because that's where everything happens now. Yeah. It was a very different show in California. Yeah, it, it just it looked different. It, it had a high-tech flair, at least high-tech for 79. You, you didn't have the scoreboard that you had on the NBC version originally. You actually had like the, the dot matrix uh, light bulbs. Yeah. So yeah, they, they tried updating it for a, a new audience, but yeah, it didn't work. Good thing we can say that uh, the next update really did it justice yeah yeah of course they had to get through a two literally gigantic computers well that was the craze back in the the early to, to mid 80s yeah the, the home computers but uh yeah th- thank heavens that uh the show was rebooted because not all old shows get rebooted after a, a five-month flop no and, and, and yeah, and, and some do. Uh, yeah, thank heavens we have a card sharks after card sharks in two thousand one. Oh, even God. even though I don't know if this card sharks is going to last another season, but but yeah, I mean it, it didn't kill off the franchise, and no. then the franchise came back five years later, and yeah, we're still talking about it. it's still in the air thirty seven plus years later. Yeah. Yep. So something must have gone right. Yeah. Well, I think we need a proper close. Well, hold up, Mike. Before oh, we no. before we do, guys. We don't have a proper close. We have this. I got one thing to say to you guys. What's that? It's time for eBay prices, right? Let's do this. Yeah. Okay, so what you're bidding on, guys, is a lot of three vintage Jeopardy board games. Now, these are from Milton Bradley. It's the fourth edition of Jeopardy, the seventh edition of Jeopardy, and it's the eighth edition of Jeopardy. So you're bidding on the lot. This, and I'll, I'll, I'll read the description. The seventh and eighth editions seem complete to, to the seller, according to the seller, to the parts list, but he's unsure of the fourth edition, but he says, looks okay. So you're <laughs> bidding on... It looks okay. Looks yeah. okay. Looks okay to me. Okay, so you're bidding on the lot of three vintage Jeopardy board games, and I will start the bidding with Mike. Okay. 
thinking of how much I've paid for Jeopardy board games in the past. And actually one of them is the fourth edition. Um, I'm going to, I don't want to tip off Chico. I'm going to just say 1499. Chico. I'm going to say 1799. You have both overbid. Oh, good. I thought I, uh, I was going to say, I thought they'd be a little bit higher. I was thinking closer to like 20 or $30, but okay, good. This is a reasonable price. Okay, then. So, so you're going right. to go lower than 1499. Okay. Uh, I'll go 1199. Chico. 10 even. The price of the lot of three vintage Jeopardy board games. Uh, Mike, you were so close with your original bid. $14.88. Wow. And those were and that and, that, and one of those games. Eh, it looks okay. Yeah, it looks okay. We're good. We're good. Don't worry about it. It looks good. Looks good. Looks good. Oh, it looks good. Looks good. Oh, it looks good. Looks good. Oh, it looks good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the fourth edition. It it looks fine to me. <laughs> It's got only two games worth of categories and stuff of, of clues. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's like Don't worry about it. It's, it's good. Like, it's it's like three percent complete. It's still good. It's still good. It's like Homer Simpson with the flying pig. Yeah, it's got a little dirt on it. It's still good. It's still good. Sure, it's just a little wet. It's still good. It's still good. Sure it's, sure, it's just a little flying. It's still good. It's still good. It's gone, Dad. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, pick up that. It's it's still good. It's still good board game if you want. <laughs> it's not the worst board game you could ever buy. It's dated, though. That That's the one thing is the material is very dated. Well, you could make your own clues. Well, you could make your oh, own, totally. but that's a that's a lot of work, though. When you're talking about it, it really clues. is a lot of work. Have you ever written your own game of Jeopardy, Greg? That is labor intensive. It is. It's it's a labor of love. But yeah, the the, the uh, Jeopardy games from the '60s and '70s, especially the '60s, which the fourth edition would be from the '60s, extremely dated, extremely dated, very difficult. Uh, and actually, that's like the case for a lot of board games from the 60s. Uses a lot of 60s-centric material. And even when you're talking about close to the 60s, you're talking about the 50s and 40s. For heaven's sake, the 40s were 80 years ago. So it's not contemporary. Yikes. The 40s were 80 years ago. Yeah. I, I mean, if you think about it, later this year, uh, when we talk about uh, Pearl Harbor, that will be, be the 80th anniversary. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing to think that, but now that we all feel really old, uh, I, I think we need to, uh, to to phrase our closure in the form of a question. The answer is Jeopardy, not involving the original run on NBC or Alex Trebek's run from '84. Mike, what is the thing on TV? Correct. Select again. I'll take uh, podcast websites for 400. The answer is 
where you can find all 125 episodes, plus mini-sodes and live shows of It Was a Thing on TV. What, what is Greg? What is It Was a Thing on TV.com? Correct. You select. <laughs> I'll take where else you can find this fine podcast for 800. And the answer is... Weekly drops of It Was a Thing on TV are available at this website. What is Place to Be Nation, Pop? And what are we dropping this week, Greg? Uh, We're dropping the Morton Downey Jr. show and the 2020 year interview, which just dropped yesterday as of the date we're releasing this episode. So you can relive the fun times we had recapping mostly everything that happened in television in the year 2020. Yep. And, and I don't also, think that's the correct answer. He gave way too much information. Uh, oh, whatever, Mike. <laughs> I'm trying to well, lock in. My buzzer's I, not working. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's it for the show. Remember, uh, we are available wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. And of course, as always, like comment and subscribe and Mike, your final jeopardy category is youtube the clue is what to do in order to gain access to new content okay let me write it down Now that we've changed pictures, it's time to see what Mike wrote. What did you see what I did there, Greg? You see what I did there? Yeah, I wrote, what is... Why did half the podcast listening audience fast forward past the last 30 seconds? Judges? No. It is what is ring my bell. Well, I had that down too, but what is the fact that most of the people listening to the podcast <laughs> did forward through, fast forward through 30 seconds of Jeopardy music by Greg? <laughs> but yeah, what is ring our bell, please? Subscribe. Yes. Yeah. And also follow us on Twitter. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, because as of the time of recording, we are only three Twitter followers away from 50. I know a lot of you download. We've got up to 15,000 downloads. Uh, downloads. We just hit it today as we're recording this. Yes. I would love it if those downloaders would go to our to our Twitter feed and subscribe. We put some class stuff on our Twitter feed. Yeah, we do. If you just follow like us on Facebook, I mean, come on, you can ju- you can at least go over to Jack Dorsey's Hate Box and follow us there. Yeah, come on over. We actually post a lot more on Twitter than we do on Facebook. Yep, we do. And, and there's Instagram too, which I think we're right about uh, fifty followers at this point. There you go. So yeah, don't forget to follow us on all social media at It Was a Thing on TV. Next week's show, what do we have next week? Uh, Greg uh, put it in the little preview montage we had after the year in review show. The first episode was, yeah, there was a reference in there. 
Um, and we're definitely going to be talking about that reference because I think the first time the three of us heard that reference, oh, we I died. think all our jaws dropped. Our, our like, jaws like, did they really say that? They really yeah. said that. They they really said that, they, and we're like, okay, we, okay, we need to find it, and then we need to actually like I, hear I, it again. I, I, I guarantee you, Brandon Stoddard had a stroke probably when he heard that. Oh yes, yeah. somebody, uh, yeah, somebody well, had we'll, a stroke. We'll definitely be talking about that next week, but there's actually a whole series beyond that ten second segment. But uh, oh yeah, th- this is one that sort of got inspired by uh, some recent episodes of the Match Game Hollywood Squares we saw. We did a little bit of research, and we, we uh, and, and we're like, okay, we got to cover this as soon as possible. And, and, and so, as soon as possible, so we're going to cover it. Yeah, yep. and, and the second episode, we're actually going to dip our toes back in the game show well again. Oh, yeah. Because gosh knows you guys don't uh, mind listening to that. Yeah. Let's just say I like trivia. Oh, who doesn't like trivia? Trivia is awesome. Trivia is life, you know. Do, do you like traps? Do I like traps? Well, I do you know, know that the I do know that in the wonderful world of trivia, even a right answer can lead you to a trap. Yeah, but you know who likes traps, Chico? Who likes traps? Admiral Ackbar. <laughs> oh, I, I was How hoping we haven't gonna... seen him on the Mandalorian yet. Okay, I was really hoping you were going to say George Went likes traps. Oh, George Went also likes beans. Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. Well, get back to Chico say I'm surprised we didn't see him in the Mandalorian. He's right. We saw like. Like a bunch of Mon Calamari. We was Admiral Akbar in the second season of The Mandalorian. I guess they're holding him out for the third. I don't know. Yeah, especially considering who appeared in the last 20 minutes of season. No spoilers. Yeah. Not spoiling. Although it's been like almost a month. If you haven't watched the final episode of season two of The Mandalorian, come on. Where, what, what, what are you even doing with your life? Come yeah. On. We recorded a podcast about this on our pod beat fiend. Come on, guys. And by the way, we also have a special mini that week. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It is a, it's a song from the 80s. It's a song from the 80s sung by a television personality from the 1980s. And gosh knows enough of them sang songs in the 1980s. Everybody, right. everybody who was on television sang a song in the 1980s. Yeah, We're not going to tell you who, but... Yeah, but th- there's a reason why we picked this... I picked this music video and why we had to discuss this as a mini-sode. Because... I want to hear this, but not right now. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week when we'll have two and things on TV... And then a mini soda about a thing on TV. But until then, I've been Greg. That was Mike. And that was Chico. We'll be back here next week with a couple more things on TV. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Row!
Donald, thank you. Have a surprise for one of our stars. Like I tell you, Artie Johnson, please join me. Right. Hurry, Artie. We only have we only have just a we only have a few seconds, Artie. Okay, now now you told us for Billy Carter. Now you told us Artie, that, that uh, people confuse you with other people. A lady yes. actually dumped a bowl of peanuts on your yes. head because she thought you were Bobby Riggs. Yes. Well, you haven't seen that lady since that incident, and you think she's still somewhere in Canada. Well, Artie, here's your chance to get back at that lady. Come over here now. Come over here. I want you to get up on the ladder. Yes. Hop up on the ladder. Yes. Up, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Get up on the ladder. Yes. Right. I got a feeling it's my wife. No, no, no. Stand right up on the ladder. Yes. Right? All the way. One more step. I can't I get yeah. I No, no, no you're all right. I'll hold you. I'll hold you. Frank, One more. I can't stand Okay, now, here's your chance to get even with that person that caused all of that problem. Oh. <laughs>